Well, let me uh, welcome you here to uh, Big Valley Grace inside the uh, brick and mortar building. Haven't done this in a while, and it's fun to be up here and just look out at faces. When we're out on the ball field, we get to see faces, but we have our dark glasses on because the speakers are right in the sun, and you guys are a long way off, and so this is really, really, really great. That music we just listened to, it's pretty weighty stuff, sacred, holy stuff. And you may not listen to it all the time, but I don't care whether you're in this brick and mortar building or you're at home in your house listening to that, or you're in your apartment listening to that, or you're in your motorhome listening to that, or you're in your backyard listening to that, or last hour, I was right here, and we filmed everything for the internet, and like Joel and I were the only two people in the room, two people in this room, that's powerful music. That, 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 that music's got truth in it. And so whether you're inside this brick and mortar building, or you're at home or whatever, let me just tell you something, that's the kind of music you gotta be playing in your car, at home, or whatever, the hope that it gives, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, Told you everything out at the cafe was free. Just free. Some of you still can't believe it. It's free. It just can't be true, right? Especially at a church, right? No, we don't give anything away. <laughs> well, tonight we are. And so when we're done, um, we're locked. We've locked all the doors, okay? Except for that one right out there. So everybody has to funnel out through the doors out there and we got pizzas out there. Yeah, I said pizzas, and they're free, absolutely free. We want people to hang out. We want, we want to just see each other. Our bookstore, the Nook, is open, okay? But things in there aren't free. <laughs> John, I got something for you. This is a, uh, a devotional. I already got it, uh, already got it dog-eared for you. Start tonight. And uh, if you haven't been doing it, I'm not making any assumptions. I just know that during this time, it's been tough for many of you. And uh, the nook is open, and if you need to go and you know, pick up a devotional, pick something up, we, 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 we're not trying to make any money out there. Just trying to put good stuff into everybody's hands and, and make sure you, you, you take advantage of that. So take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we are in a series here where we're looking at the Ten Commandments, and so far we've looked at the, the first eight, okay? And I'm going to kind of do a little review here, and as I walk through the eight that we've looked at, I want you to think about your own personal life. Don't think about your spouse or your kids or your parents or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I just want you to think about your own life your own walk with Jesus, okay? Your own relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And as I walk through the, these eight that we've looked at, it's a, it's a good way to gauge how, how you're doing in your relationship with Jesus. That's one of the great things about the Ten Commandments. And so we kicked it off a, a, a long time ago with commandment number one, which is you shall have no other gods before me. It's the first commandment. It's the most important one, frankly, because if you mess this one up, the rest of them are all gonna get goofed up. So I just want you to think about your own life. 
Got any other gods besides Jesus? Is there something else in your life that, that uh, is more important than Jesus? A lot of times that can be your spouse, it can be your boyfriend or your girlfriend, sometimes it can be you know, your children, and those are all good things. But God says none of those are to be the first you know, best thing in your life. God says, I wanna be the best thing in your life. I wanna be the most important thing in your life. Number two, scale from one to 10, how are you doing on this? Don't, don't make for yourself an idol. And some of you might remember Pastor Lonnie preached on this and he boiled it down to worship, that there shouldn't be anything else in your life that you worship other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if there's something else that you worship, then that's gonna obviously drag the Lord from number one, maybe to number two or three or four in your life. And so are there things that you treasure more than Jesus, your career, making money? I don't know, you know, doing better in sports? Those are all things that you can really begin to worship in a unique way here in the United States. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. God says, I wanna be number one in your life. I don't want you to have any other gods before me. Don't make for yourself an idol or whatever. And then he says, hey, look, my name's holy. My, my name's sacred. My name's not like your name. And make sure you don't use it in a way that's crummy. And then number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. God, God says, hey, look, this is what I want my people to do. I want you to work. Go ahead and work six days if you want, but I want you to take one day out of the week that's different than all the rest of the days. It's holy, it's sacred. It's a, it's a day that, that you spend focused on me. It's a day where you come and worship with your church family. It's a day where you, you spend time in the word. You hear one of God's teachers unpack the word. It's a day where you bring your offering to, to me. It's, a, it's set aside to recharge your spiritual batteries, let's just put it that way. Do you have a day like that? Because let me tell you something, if you don't have a day like that, then probably one, two, three, four are gonna fall off of the, the radar screen. Saturday night, for a lot of you, is that day. Or Saturday, here you are, you're worshiping. You don't do this, this is, you don't do this anywhere else. This is so unique. Tomorrow morning is a very unique time in a lot of people's lives because they come to a place where they're in their homes, they've set everything aside, and all they're gonna do is listen to a preacher, they're gonna hear some great sacred music, they're gonna give their offering, they're gonna investigate their own spiritual life. It's an important thing. Number five, honor your father and your mother. And when I kind of unpacked that, I, I talked about the fact that if you're under 18 or you're over 18 and you still live under your parents' roof, really how that plays itself out in a practical way is you're to obey. Unless, you know, they ask you to do something sinful or wicked or something like that. How you honor your father and your mother if you're under 18 or you still live under their roof is if they ask you to mow the lawn, go mow the lawn. They tell you to clean your room, clean your room. They tell you to be in at you know, midnight, be in. Doesn't matter how old you are, if you live under their roof, that's the practical way you live that out. Obviously for most of you, like myself, I'm older, I have my own kids. So how, do I have to obey my parents? No. 
But I'm still to honor them, and how you honor them when you're older like I am is you listen to them, you care about them, call them up once a week, pray with them on the phone, how you doing, listen to their wisdom if you're going to, I don't know, going to make a decision on something. Doesn't mean you got to take their advice, and not have to do it, but you honor them by at least listening to them. If you had like some really evil parents, you know, what does honoring them look like? Well, God doesn't want you to honor evil people. If you had evil parents who did evil things to you, what you're gonna do is you're gonna honor the position, the title of the parents. It's like a, it's like a, a private who goes and salutes a captain. He, doesn't even, he may not even know who that captain is. That captain could be really evil and wicked. He's not saluting the man or the woman who's the captain. He's saluting the title, the position of the captain. Not necessarily the, 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 the person. Then we looked at number six, which is don't uh, murder. Life is precious to God. And we looked at some of the differences. A, a soldier who goes out to war and kills you know, a bad guy, that's not murder. There's, there's, God differentiates between some of these things. But God says, hey, listen, don't murder anybody. Life is precious uh, uh, to him. Then we looked at number seven, which was don't commit adultery. Pastor Joel just really nailed this. In Genesis chapter, you know, the first few chapters of Genesis, God puts together a family, Adam, Eve, right? He puts together this family. And one of the ways that God wants us to honor a family or to protect a family is, hey, look, make sure you keep your vows because nothing will goof up the family like uh, adultery will. It's blown up more families than I could count. Not just a husband and a wife and a marriage, but literally families have been blown apart. And God loves families. You see it in the first few chapters of, of Genesis. And then last week we looked at uh, number eight, which is do not steal. Okay, you got your stuff, I got my stuff. Don't, don't take my stuff. I won't take your stuff. God doesn't want us to steal. Now when you look at those, uh, those commandments that we've looked at, those eight, and you were to evaluate your own life, if you were to say, you know, on a scale from one to ten, one is I'm not good, five is, so, so, ten is I'm nailing it. Boy, what, what, what a great way to evaluate your spiritual life, isn't it? Is God number one in my life? Do I have any other idols? Am I, am I using his name in a crummy way? Do I have a day that I set aside that's special to him? Am I honoring my father and my mother? You know, have I murdered anybody? Hopefully the answer is no in here. Um, It's just a great list for us to look at. It doesn't, doesn't save you to keep those things. Only one thing saves you, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. What he accomplished on the cross, shedding of his blood, receiving him in your that's what cleanses you of your sins. And now a relationship begins between you and the Lord, and it's like your relationship with your spouse, right? Sometimes you do well, sometimes you don't do well. And when you go through the Ten Commandments, you can see, how well am I doing, really, with my walk with Jesus? Well, uh, today we're going to look at number, number nine, right? Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 16. Okay, look, look at verse 16. God says, you shall not give false 
testimony. You know, one of the things that I, I love about the Word of God is um, how simple it is. A lot of people um, make it really hard to understand. And when you look between these two leather-bound covers, there's lots of words in there, you know, lots of books, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through, you know, Revelation. And it can seem somewhat intimidating. I get it. But really, it's not. It's a pretty simple book to understand. It really is. God didn't leave this for us to, to trick anybody. He doesn't hide his will under a bush or in a cave or something like that. The Ten Great Commandments. You shall not give false testimony. In other words, don't lie. Don't lie. I want you to listen to what Proverbs chapter six says, okay? It says, there are six things the Lord hates. Yes, the God of love hates some things. You can be a God of love, and he is a God of love. He demonstrated that when he sent his son, right? Jesus, to die for you. He loves, he is love. But just because you are love doesn't mean you can't hate some things. And he's gonna tell us some things he hates. In fact, he says, no, seven things he detests. Wow. This God of love, this God who came and hung on a cross and rose from the grave, who most of us have given our lives to, there are some things he hates. There are some things he detests. Let's see what they are. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. That takes us back to number six, or number nine. One of the things he hates is when you break the ninth commandment. But let's keep reading. Hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in the family. Now of these seven things, isn't it interesting that two of them have to do with telling the truth? Two of them have to deal with the ninth commandment. Two of these seven things that God hates or detests. He words them differently and they have a little bit different meaning. But I think that's really interesting. Let me give you another thing that's really interesting and really weighty. One day Jesus was talking to a group of religious um, leaders, and he makes this comment in John chapter eight. He says to this group of religious leaders, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's the father of lies. His native language is lying. And so every time you or I make the decision to lie, Every time we make the decision to break the ninth commandment, 
were speaking the native language of our enemy. Isn't that interesting? That alone ought to give you a, a goosebump, maybe in the wrong direction. That whoa, whoo! I read a survey recently that said that 66% of Americans believe that it's okay to tell lies. Dr. Leonard Keeler, who was the inventor of the lie detector machine, tested over 25,000 people, and he came to the conclusion that human beings are basically deceptive. Isn't that interesting? And for those of us that have a deep understanding of the word, we understand we have a sinful nature, an Adamic nature, an old nature. It's still there. We battle with it at times, right? And when we tell lies, guess what? That's the old nature. That old nature is energized by Satan, the father of lies. Wow. Man, there's a lot of directions I, I could have went with this message. But here's what I want to do. I want to have a little bit of fun with you. For some of you, it may be uncomfortable. For me, it was, even though I was thinking it was going to be fun. And it kind of is fun, but, but it was, got uncomfortable in my, at my home when I was studying. Um, but I want, to, I want to tell you five lies. I read a book recently, or a couple books, that had to deal with the kind of lies people tell. And there's a whole bunch of them. I'm going to give you five. Five lies that people tell. Now, because you go to Big Valley Grace and are under the great teaching of Joel and myself, I'm sure this isn't gonna be true of any of you. These would never be the lies you would tell because you're just really holy, godly people. Actually, these are lies that Pastor Rick Thompson has told me he has told over and over again. So <laughs> thank you, Rick, I appreciate that. Number one, and I want you to evaluate yourself as we go through these. I want you to think, have I ever told that lie? Or how many times have I told that lie? You lie because you want to be hurtful. You lie because you just want to be cruel. You lie because you just want to be mean. You just want to cause somebody else some pain. You want to embarrass somebody. You want to hurt somebody. This is the kind of lie that is intentionally destructive. It's intentionally malicious. You tell this lie to get revenge on somebody you don't like or maybe somebody that hurt you. And so you tell a lie. And in the culture we live in today, it wasn't this way when I was a kid. You can get on Facebook, right? And you can write anything you want and then you just hit, you know, post. And now there it is and somebody says something crummy about you, it's not even true, and everybody else is reading it, and they think it is true. Those that know you and love you, they know it may not be true, but it's out there. Just lies that are told to hurt people. You lie to get even with them. Politicians do this all the time, don't they? You get to a season like this and you watch the ads on TV and wow, they're just literally trying to hurt the other guy or the other gal or whatever it might, might be. The Bible calls this slander. Slander means you make something up about somebody that's not true with the intentional purpose of damaging their reputation. 
I've had that happen to me. I couldn't even count how many times. Had it happen to me recently. Where somebody posts something, somebody says something, and there it is, and there's nothing you can do. I don't even, I don't even respond to it. Because it doesn't do any good. Those that know me, know me. Those that don't can believe whatever they want to believe. But it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Our church has gone through that. You have media outlets that will say all kinds of things. It's fake stuff. They make stuff up. And it's just not true. The Sadducees did this. They did it to Jesus. They simply trumped up charges so they could hang him on a cross. So I want you to ask yourself, you ever told a lie because you were so angry or so hurt, just so whatever, and you were sitting there talking with another friend and you just said something about somebody? You knew it wasn't true. Ever done that? I could think of a number of times where I've done that, especially before I came to know Christ as my Savior. Now, there wasn't the internet, but it still hurt, still got out there. Number two, you lie because you want to keep out of trouble. Now, this is way different, okay? A lot of kids will do this. A lot of children will do this. And all of you that are adults, you were once a child. This is the kind of lie you tell to escape consequences or avoid some sort of punishment or you try to protect yourself uh, or prevent pain or whatever. Adam told this, this kind of lie in the Garden of Eden after he was busted, right, for disobeying God. Um, it, it was the woman's fault. That's why I sinned, God. Like somehow he even put a gun to his head and forced him to eat this forbidden fruit. Think about it. What was Adam trying to accomplish by this lie? He was trying to get out of trouble. He knew he was in trouble. He knew. He knew what God had told him, don't eat. Oh, that thing over there, that fruit, whatever it was. He knew. Hey, hey Adam, what are you doing? Did you eat that fruit? Uh. In fact, Adam made it way worse because he said, it was the woman you gave me, God. In other words, man, God, this is kind of your fault, isn't it? He's trying to get out of trouble. Don't put me in the corner. Don't put me on timeout because, man, you're, you, know, you brought her into my life. <laughs> Have you ever told a lie to keep you out of trouble? At work or whatever, you just thought, hey, you know, it's not that big a deal. No one will really know, and so I'll just say this, you know, and... Hopefully I won't get busted. Number three, you lie because you want to impress somebody. You see all these lies are really different. One, one is just, I'm going to hurt somebody. One is I just want to keep out of trouble. One is, this is the conceited lie. Okay? You, 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 you lie because you want to create a greater image of yourself. So, so you brag. You see a lot of this on, on like Instagram or, you know, your Instagram accounts or whatever. Or you go to those dating sites. And you put down all the great things. You say, hey, you know. <laughs> Some people don't even put a pic. You know, it's not even a picture of themselves. It's a picture of somebody else. You know, trying to look good. Just lying about yourself. Hoping that the person will like you better or whatever. See, bragging and lying are first cousins. They go together. 
When you exaggerate and you know, prop yourself up, that's nothing but, but just being conceited. You ever told a lie like that? Maybe when you were dating. Man, you know, I want, to, want some wonder to think I'm really neat, cool, I'm happening. Number four, or the fourth lie. You lie because you're trying to manipulate somebody. This is the, the uh, calculated lie. This is the kind of lie you use to manipulate others. You, you want something, and, and so you tell a lie to, to get it, or you tell a lie to somehow try to make it happen. The calculated lie says, this is what I want, therefore I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it, even if it means I, I've, I've got a lie. Conman used this lie all the time. If you love money, you'll use a calculated lie to try to get it. Have you ever, you know, told, tried to, to get your way or manipulate somebody, your spouse? You just kind of, you know, it's not a big lie, but man, I just want to get this thing. I want to do this thing. So you, so you lie. And last but not least, uh, number, five, number five, and there are a lot more lies than this. I'm just kind of going through some of them. You lie because it just takes too much effort to tell the truth. <laughs> I didn't know how to word this one. Dad, you sit down, the game's on, been waiting for it. You got your Pepsi, you got your popcorn, all right. This is going to be the best game of the season, man. Everything's set up. And all of a sudden, I don't know, your son comes in who's three years old or whatever and says, hey, Dad, where do babies come from? And you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, that, that's like, that's like, that could take hours to try to unpack. I don't, I don't, I don't I, I'm just so, well, you know, uh, you know, well, you go ask your mother. She'll tell you about the stork and the thing, you know. You, 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 you just don't have time to really unpack it. You're at, a, you're at a boring party. You're at a boring soiree, and you and your spouse just want to get out of there. And so you go, oh, yeah, we have to leave because uh, our babysitter, you know, uh, she, we, she only could stay until, you know, 6 o'clock. <laughs> you know, you got there 10 minutes ago. What are, like, ever told a lie like that? Seemed harmless. Or maybe you had somebody else tell the lie. Phone rings. Hey, Dad! So-and-so's on the phone. Tell him I'm not here. Because you just don't want to have the conversation or whatever. I don't know which one is your favorite one to use. I thought about them all. And on the one hand, I laughed about some of them. On the other hand, I thought back through my life and I've used them all. I've, I've told hurtful lies, cruel lies. I, I've, been, I, I've told the cowardly lie, just trying to stay out of trouble. I've told the conceited lie, just trying to impress somebody. I've told the calculated lie, you know, where you try to manipulate somebody. 
And I've told the convenient lie, you know, just, this is gonna take too much effort, man. And it ain't that important, so you just say something. Just to get somebody to get off your back. My point in that was just to simply maybe share with all of us that we probably all throughout our lives have spoken the native language of our enemy. And in God's great 10 commandments, he says, my people, I just want you to tell the truth. That's what I want my people to do. So I'm gonna give you a couple things, a couple thoughts here, okay? As I uh, begin to land the plane here. And the first one is this about, about the truth. Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what God wants. And the reason why we say, you know, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, is because you can tell the truth and still be deceptive. You know, be, de you know, be deceptive. You can tell a piece of the truth, but not all of the truth. Those are some of the worst lies that have been told is when they give you, they print something about you or the church or whatever and has some truth in it, but just not all the truth. And so I think God wants us to tell the truth. He wants us to tell the whole truth and he wants to tell nothing but the truth. Proverbs chapter 10 says this. Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. But one who openly criticizes works for peace. There is real benefit to just telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Proverbs chapter 28 says, in the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Over my career here, there have been many times when I was the youth guy when, you know, my supervisor had to call me into an office and sit me down and whew, they gave me some honest criticism. And that's what I needed. They loved me and cared about me and so I got some honest criticism. There have been times over the years as I've gotten older when the elders have given me some honest criticism. I don't need them to flatter me. I, 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 don't, I don't need that. Who needs that? What we need is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So being honest, being truthful, doesn't mean you have to be a jerk, which brings me to number two. And I didn't know how to do this and, and, and so this is how I worded it. No, no, number two, the second thing I want to tell you is this. Um, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then I added one word, lovingly. Lovingly. Ecclesiastes chapter four says this, but speak the truth, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter four says, speak the truth, the whole truth, Nothing but the truth, if I could use my, my little phraseology. Just do it in love, though. Do it in love. Don't use the truth as a club or whatever to, to beat people over the head with. 
You could go up to somebody and say, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, and you're going to spend your eternity in hell. Is that the truth? Yes. Is it the whole truth? Yes. Is it nothing but the truth? Yeah. Is it loving? No. It's not loving at all. And so there's two sides of this same coin that you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, but you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, but you got to do it with great love. Proverbs chapter 12 says, thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sore, but wisely spoken words can heal. I have had people come into my life who have spoken wise words to me. In other words, they spoke the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in love. And they really were healing. But I can also tell you this, I have been very thoughtless at times in my adult life, certainly as a kid, but I'm just using my adult life. I've been thoughtless as a pastor of this church, and I've wounded people. I've wounded a lot of people. Oh, I spoke the truth. I didn't lie. I spoke the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But I didn't do it lovingly. You see, you can either hurt people with your words, or you can heal people with them. You can develop people with your words or you can destroy people with your words. You can build people up with your words or you can tear people down with your words. And certainly I have you know, healed a lot of people with my words, I've developed a lot of people with my words and I've you know, built people up with my words. There's no doubt about it. But I'd be lying to you if I said that I'm all, you know, I, I, I've never hurt anybody. I've never destroyed anybody. I've never tore anybody down. That'd be a lie. Because there have been many people, fine people, God-honoring people, my brothers and sisters in the Lord and my 40 years here at Big Valley Grace that I've just hurt a lot, tore down a lot. Not because I lied to them. I just forgot the word lovingly. In fact, I know there's some of you probably out there watching. Maybe you're here tonight. And if you're out there and I hurt you, tore you down, whatever, man, I'm really sorry. Please accept my deepest apology. And maybe you're here. And I've said something crummy or just said it in a crummy way or whatever. Man, I'm really sorry. You can grab me out here. I'm running around. I'll eat my pizza and, you know, go, man, I'm sorry. Because I am. That's what the Word of God does in our lives if you really look at it and you study it and you let it sink in. I thought a lot about this, this particular week. Ephesians chapter 4 says, hey, don't use any foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You see, there is a way to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and be an encouragement to people. You just have to do it lovingly. 
And that's something that I think a lot of people can for, forget, or at least maybe, maybe, maybe I, I can. Proverbs chapter 16 says this, intelligent people think before they speak. Almost didn't share that with you. And let me tell you why. Because there have been many times when I've been anything but intelligent. I just spoke. Oh, it was truth. It was the whole truth. There's nothing but the truth. But I wasn't very intelligent because I left off lovingly. You see, the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon said this. There's a proper time and a proper place and a proper procedure for every matter under the, the sun. He says, hey, hey, Rick, there's a time to be silent. There's a time to not open your pie hole. There's a time not to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. There's a time just to say nothing. But there's also a time to speak. It may be truth that there's something really weighty going on inside your home, right? Husbands and wives, and if your husband or your wife has gone all day, got up at 6 a.m. and went to work, and you know they were busting their hump all day and working hard and digging a ditch or whatever it is they do, and they finally get home, it's their sanctuary, I'm home. I've been at work all day. My boss has been chewing me out all day long. All the, ah, oh, my home. And you open the door and there's your spouse waiting to dump on you. Truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The toilet blew. The sink blew. The tires on the car blew. The dog ran away. Intelligent people would go, wait a minute, there's a proper time and a proper place and a proper procedure. This isn't the moment my husband or my wife just walked in the door. This isn't the moment to speak truth. This is a moment to be silent and let my husband or my wife come in, sit down, watch TV, grab a Coke, go take a shower, I don't know, eat dinner, I don't, whatever, and, and then say, God, I'm gonna use my intelligence and I'm going to try to think this through. When's the best moment for me to... Hey, I can guarantee your husband or your wife wants to know that the toilet blew and everything's... They want to know. They just don't want to know the moment they walk in the door. That, that's not being real intelligent. And once again, I have blown it on more occasions than I, I could count as I thought about this over the last few weeks, studying for this. So if I'm not talking to you, it's just me getting to talk to myself again. If you nail it, great. It's just another great moment for me to go, I, I don't always nail it. I don't always nail it. Psalms 19, verse 14, I think really ought to be the goal of every follower of Jesus. If you nail this, then you'll nail the ninth commandment. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. See, a lie is never pleasing in the sight of God. We know that. 
But either is telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and not being loving. And so this really ought to be, you know, our standards. May the words of my mouth, whatever starts to come out of my mouth, obviously God wants us to speak the truth. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given us the ninth commandment, right? He wants us to speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I shared this last four o'clock. Hey, look, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a hospital and held a baby. Couldn't count all the babies I've held, okay? I've held my own babies. And I'm gonna be straight up with you. When I'm looking at a newborn baby, they all look like lizards. <laughs> to my, I, you know, my own kids, even my own kids, they look like lizards, sorry. But I can tell you this, whenever uh, I'm in a room and there's some mother in there and she hands me her baby and I'm looking at that thing going, ooh. I think it, you know, ooh. This thing needs to, you know, fill out. It's got to need to. I always say, wow, what a beautiful baby. Hey, that's smart, isn't it? That's wise. You know what I go, really? This? <laughs> I saw this on Jurassic Park, man. It was born in a, in a thing. Something jump out of an egg? I mean, come on. Hey. My point there is, is that not all truth is supposed to be spoken. Think that one through for a second. I don't care what my wife wears when she walks out of the bedroom. When she asks me, does this look good? Absolutely. <laughs> that looks fantastic. You like my new hair? Just had it all cut today. Wow. I never seen hair like that. That's beautiful hair, sweetheart. It doesn't matter whether I go, you know what? I think I like the, I think I like the old one better. I think I like the other style. Sometimes she'll color it. Hey, you like my color? Absolutely. And I'll go in my brain, and I think I like the other one a little bit better, but I'm not going to say that. Because some truth just doesn't need to be spoken. It just doesn't need to be spoken. Hey, guys, especially if you want to live. <laughs> I mean, you want to be able to get up in the morning and go to work or not have to sleep with one eye open all night. <laughs> so what do you do if you've blown it? I'm going to land the plane. Just two things. Two things. Number one, be quick to confess your sin. We've got to deal with the old nature. And the old nature has a native language. We're, we're, we're going to deal with our, our, our tongues and our lying at times. And when you lie, just confess it. God, God knows how you're made. That's why, the, that's why he gave us the ninth commandment. He had to give us that ninth commandment because he knew us, right? He knew. So be quick to confess your sin. And number two, I think this one's super important. And that is put, put, a, put, put a guard over your mouth. Just put a guard over it. Listen to what the scripture says. Really interesting how it words things. Psalms 141 says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Boy, we ought to memorize that, I don't know. 
Probably be good every day to wake up and say, oh, God, please set a guard over my mouth. Please. Please, that I would speak the truth and nothing but the truth. The whole truth. But I need to do it lovingly today. Proverbs 13 says, he who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And every time I've spoken rashly, I haven't come to ruin in the sense that my life was ruined, but wow, has it caused a lot of heartache and pain. Proverbs 21 says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Boy, I know that to be true. And then Psalms 39 says, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth. Look, as you think about this ninth commandment where God says, hey, listen, I want you to tell the truth. That's what I want you to do, tell the truth. When those moments come and you blow it, just confess your sin. And then say, God, I need that guard over my mouth. I need you to help protect me in my life and what I say. So why don't you stand up? I'm gonna pray for you. And we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna go have some pizza. It's free. It's absolutely free. We got stuff to drink out there. It's free. It's absolutely free. I think the cafe is still gonna be open. You can go out there and we have some drinks and stuff out there. It's free. The nook will be open. Maybe you need a good Christian book to take home with you. That's not, that, that's not free. But... Uh, Let's go out and hang out together, okay? Father, thank you, Lord, for our time here. And I'm sure grateful that Joel said, hey, let's go through the Ten Commandments. Because wow, wow, they're just so powerful. And I pray, God, for all of us who name your name, Lord, that we would really honor you with how we speak Give us a great time out there, Lord. Bless the food to our bodies. May the energy it gives us we put to good use, Lord, to bring honor and glory to your name. And I pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said.